Alrighty, welcome back to the Creed Cast. Apologies, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I had, I was busy last week, and then when I finally got the day to record, I had some weird technical issue. I don't know. My microphone just wouldn't be recognised by the computer. I couldn't get it to pick up on on my recording software or anything like that, and ended up doing like a whole bunch of like little software updates to the computer that I don't think actually had any tangible effect. But then I did a re, you know, turn it off on and off again, and it started working. But then by then I was out of time, so I decided, nah, bugger it. I'll wait until next week and just cover, just kind of do a quick recap of the last couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully finally get back into a bit of a rhythm. It's been a been an incons- inconsistent first um, couple of months of the season for me, but I'm hoping to kind of rectify that as we go forward with uh, things still slowly settling down after a, a bit of chaos the last couple of months here personally and everything. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's great to be here talking about a couple of wins though. Um, you know, St Kilda's now a week and a half ago, being that it was a Friday night match um, two rounds ago now, uh, and an incredible win that was. Uh, I was not able to watch it live, but I woke up and um, you know I was. I guess I was I was a little bit worried about that one, not knowing not that it, I didn't think we could go over there and compete, particularly with a pretty good record against both the Saints and uh, and, and Marvel, as as it's been um, well publicised over the over the last week when, since we won that one and have the best record at Marvel out of any side at the moment, um, considering it's an interstate ground for us, it's pretty good. Um, but you know, just with the injury, we we had a few injuries. You know, we were short in the tools department, and you know, it was and obviously our rucking issues are well publicised at the moment as well. And I just thought, you know, I was just worried about the match. You know, it just just felt like maybe that'll be a bridge too far. But no, we gritted it out and gutted it out. And I think the most important thing for me is that we're seeing now that there's actually just a touch of midfield depth for us at the moment with. Uh, you know, Boak coming back into coming back real inside in that game and kind of having his best game of the season so far with 30 disposals and kind of showing the class that we know he has. You know, I know at the start of the year a few people were... There was a little bit of a panic around with um, his performance in the showdown and just where his position was in the side, but you just see he was coming back into, you know, just getting himself back into shape and everything after that little little uh torso torso issue in the in the in the off season with that injury in I think the West Coast game of the preseason, I think it was. Um bit of rib damage and cartilage damage and all that stuff. And you know, that any anyone that knows if you've had a I've had a dislocated rib once, um and anything anything in the torso area, ribs, whatever it may be, it really affects you. You because know, you can you know, your leg everything's working fine, legs, arms, you know, but it's just it's just every it just you don't notice it until it really, and then when it does hit, it's just it's a pain. It's a weird one to deal with. So, not having dealt with the exact thing he did, but I can I can empathise with it. Um, I remember, you know, when I had dislocated ribs there for a little bit. Um, you know, just someone just telling you a joke. You just you just don't want to watch. You don't want to watch comedies. <laughs> like it's just the weirdest things in life that are affected. So, you know, it's good to see Boke back into form in that game, and of course, Horn Francis. Um, in probably considering the opposition um, and the and the occasion it was Friday night footy away from home against a side in pretty good nick, um, probably his best performance since that round one that opener against Brisbane, which he really shone there as well. Um, you know that that what was it, eighteen contested possessions or whatever it was. I'm um, you know just a, just an incredible and eleven clearances as well, and really just led the clearance battle early on, especially um, when we were struggling early. Um, he kind of. Flew the flag a little bit and helped uh, helped um, us wrangle our way back into the game in that second term when we kicked four unanswered and got back in front, and then from then on it was a battle and we got away at the end there and you know you got guys like Dixon coming up clutch with a clutch goal to seal it and you know um, just some good defensive areas. 
really enjoying the team, the defense at the moment, considering um, I think I saw a stat, um, and this is inclusive of the Essendon game now. I will probably bounce a bit back and forth between them, and I'll probably talk about Essendon more in a bit. Um, you know, St. Gilda's a week and a half ago now. We all know the story there. Um, but I think I saw a stat, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a few times that that little bad, that bad two-week period we had against Collingwood and, and the Crows, they gave up 39 goals in two games. I think we've only given up 38 in the last four. So, you know, the defensive... The defensive stocks have really come into come into show again, um, and we're, we've we've really stemmed the tide of uh, teams being able to score heavily against us. I know Essendon had a good run in the game on the weekend, but they were also um, incredibly accurate uh, and kicking goals, you know, out of their ass <laughs> up until that last quarter. Um, whereas we were, you know, we we could barely we couldn't we, you know we couldn't hit the side of a barn uh, barn door at the moment. At times in that game, you know, no matter where we were, how easy the shot seemed on paper, we were we were struggling to put the score on the board. So, um, you know, beyond the, but despite that, you know, Essendon still kept them to 13 goals despite their real, real, um, you know, accuracy in front of goal for the first three quarters. Um, so, yeah, and that that to me has really come down to the fact that it's it's there's three guys. There's there's McKenzie's come back into the side. Him and Aaliyah just seem to have this understanding between them of, um, and how the defensive structure works. Um, they seem to have, like it just seems to work better when those two are in the side. And then Dylan Williams again is is the unsung hero there. And I actually think unsung's probably um, already wrong already. I think Port fans have really come to notice him. And I've, I've even seen just some people like in the media just uh, there's been a few whispers of his name, just saying, "Oh, this kid's been good." They haven't probably they've just noticed I think statistically and and just how a def- defense has been working and how. Dylan Williams has been working in it, within that defense and his his ability to um, you know intercept and grab, get the ball and 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 start the possession chain going forward as well. Um, so Dylan Williams, so those three, you know, Lear has been in the side since the start of the year, but you know, the start of the year it was you know Jonas was in there. I just think, and this isn't bagging this isn't bagging Jonas time because I know plenty of people are doing it on the internet a bit too heavily, but um, you know he just isn't in the form at the moment, and I just think with Mackenzie in there and Lear. Um, yes, we sacrifice a little bit of height, and so and that's going to be an issue all year because um, I don't think Jonas coming in is doing any great um, efforts to to you know stem the tide of of that being an issue. But I just think overall, ever since McKenzie's come into the side, the, the defense has just looked so much better, and they're and they're working bit together better at just how they how they you know cut off the supply lines and 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 kind of read the ball coming in. And kind of work with each other in tandem to to you know one goes goes forward one goes back. Aaliyah is a, a bit more free to open up and play his role, and um, and Trent McKenzie just with his, you know he, he as I've said he's saying he lose there's a little bit of a height loss there, but his um, ability to flight the ball, spoil and compete, you know he's he's a journeyman guy. He's you know he, he was a, on the Suns inaugural team and was delisted there, and then we picked him up and and he barely played for his first year or two at Port, and then has come in and. So you know, there's, there's certainly he's not a superstar, but he's what he lacks in you know elite skills and all those things that make up for those guys that are all Australian defenders. Uh, Mackenzie makes up for and um, in tenacity and smarts with the game. You know, he kind of makes up those the those lack of you know, maybe that closing absolute closing speed or any of those things that make for the all Australian defender. He makes up for in in game smarts and tenacity and 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 application, uh, which is. 
you know, those kind of efforts can really make up a lot. And I think that's what we've seen with him, you know, in that 2020 year. He came, he was really became one of those key parts of that side that almost made the grand final. And since then, he's just, and, and then since Ilya's come in, I just think they those two have got an understanding and there's just a, a team thing going on down there. And, you know, the defense is always helped by um, everything else going well. But I think this, since those guys have come in, they've been out of, there's been, we've been out of frustrate and, uh, and play, a better defensive structure and, and, and you know, because the sides are still getting the 54 to 50 entries, but we just aren't giving up those those goals that we were in those those couple of rough weeks. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to the fact that we are just overall team pressure across the across the length of the field is better as well. But um, I've been really impressed with that. And, you know, considering they do get tested, um, you know, there was the first quarter, the last two weeks actually, the first quarters have both been tests for our side and letting a team get started early. And that's one thing I would like to see uh, tightened up a little bit on is, um, you know, this is something we had an issue with a couple of years ago as well as the slow starts. Um, but, you know, it's it didn't it never felt like, um, certainly against the Saints, maybe it felt like, but again, I didn't watch it live, so I can't tell you what I would have thought in the moment live. I was watching it back on replay and already, you know, you already know the results, so it's tough to kind of put yourself in that mindset but certainly against Essendon I always felt that we were in that game the whole way you know even when Essendon were getting the little runs on um overall uh you know the the run of play um Port dominated Essendon it was um you know we if if you flip the score around with 20 goals 12 into the 12 goals 20 you know it's a comfortable win and uh I think that's what I've had to look back on um on the night um I was frustrated at the end of the game because it just felt like we just we almost gave you know and you know to only win by five points it was very every likelihood Essendon could have got down the end and, and kicked one late on in there and won by a point you know and then we we're talking about a completely different story so it's a game of fine margins um and we've got to accept that and just and look at those things that we can do better um it's just kick the ball straighter which is just you know, <laughs> a lot of AFL teams around the there's a lot of teams around the country that would be loving to figure that one out um at times but having let that subside a little bit, I'd I'd been out all day. I think I, I went to we went to a minor league baseball doubleheader about an hour south of LA, and uh, had a fair few beers, and then got back and watched the game. It was on, the game started at eight ten, eight ten p.m. our time here on Saturday, and uh, so I was I was nice quite nicely sourced, and and so probably there was a little bit of frustration that just came from just having having a few beers in the belly, and. Uh, but once that frustration subsided, and probably the next day on Sunday when I was recovering and having, we had, I had a nice little Sunday, went out and did a bit of shopping and, and whatever and just enjoyed the day here. But I found myself appreciating the result a lot more after a night of sleep, is what I'm trying to say. The night of, I think, and I think there's, um, I certainly hope I'm not alone. It'll be interesting to see what people think listening to this. But, you know, the night of, I was just so frustrated because it felt like a, it should have been a dominating win. And I think, think there's probably been a few of those lately. Like, I think if we look, we're on a five-game winning streak, right? And I think if I just run through the scores of one by in my head quickly, what we beat? Beat Sydney by four points. We beat Dogs by 14, so what, 18. Uh, beat West Coast by 40, so what, we're looking at 58. Then what was a uh, week after that is St. Kilda, so seven, so that's uh, 65. And beat Essendon by five points. So across five, a five-game win streak, the cumulative total of the wins comes to seventy points. So 
and one of those teams, one of those games was against the worst comp side in the comp that we probably should have beat by 70 points alone. So, but then there's a lot of metrics where one of the best teams in the country, there's, there's, there's some certain stats, and I don't have them in front of me, but there's some certain stats since since the showdown, we're one of the top teams in a few defensive areas and and scores from, I think, uh, I don't know, there's some of those you know, champion data stats you see when you're scrolling through Twitter. I wish I'd saved it, but I actually wasn't, um, I wasn't thinking about it too much at the time, but I just remember seeing it. We've, we've turned around a lot of a lot of metrics in that time, so we're and we're getting the results. So that's the main thing. But I would like to see us just just start to you know because the best teams do have to dominate a bit better. But we also say you know you look at that and you go Collingwood last year had that run through the year where they were just winning every game by two goals or less it seemed and and just were kissed on the dick in that way. And but then it came to the finals and they and they couldn't they couldn't. You know the finals ratchets up the pressure, and that they they couldn't go with it. But then this year they've they've gone on and are, are playing pretty good again this year. So, you know, it's building towards something. But I would like to see, um, you know, us you know start to start to kind of you know because of the domination around the field, we dominated us and really well. Um, and I'll I'll just bring up the stats real quick here. I had them up here somewhere amongst the many. <laughs> I, I have this procrastinator. I'm sure there's, I, I'm not the only one. I'm a terrible procrastinator. And I was looking at the stats and I got distracted by looking at some card, like sports trading card sales. And then there's another page open for a Dyson air cooling, one of those Dyson tower things for your bedroom. So, you know, I had a, the hour of preparing for <laughs> getting ready for this was also, I just got distracted by ads, which is great. Um, but anyway, the stats, uh, you know, the one that I really love about this one, well, there's two uh, in particular, and one that really shows our domination, which if Essendon had gotten that goal near the end of the game, that would have given them a loss, and it would have just been another one of those games that we dominate inside 50s and somehow lose. But 65 inside 50s to 47 just is actually, like, is an incredible discrepancy. You There's plus 18, you know, to hold Essendon below their season average while we blow ours out of the water by 10.5 points. Um, you know, that just speaks to the just how good we were, and the disposal efficiency was sixty nine to seventy, so very close. Um, our deficiency inside fifty was better, um, fifty two to forty six. So it was a game that you know in every area we dominated, apart from one, and this is where their goals came from, and this is why it became a it became the game it was, and why we've got to understand it for what it is is um, you know the, their ability out of the out of the stoppage, um, and particularly the the center clearances because it was the hitouts um, we. We were minus 22 on hitouts. They, they had 45, we had 23, which is above their season average and well below ours, but it just shows the, the domination that Draper had on there. And, and unfortunately, just Bryn Teagle just doesn't seem to have it in there at the moment, and whether he will, I don't know. I'm not going to go projecting too much, but it's just at the moment he doesn't have it at the level, uh, particularly, particularly against a pretty good um, uh, op- opponent there. So, But the thing that we do in these games is we... And it, it was a story against St Kilda. We, we slightly lost the clearance battle there, but we, we made up for it in the stoppage because the centre clearances was we, like... Essendon doubled our output 9 to 18, but then in the stoppage, we were up 26 to 17. And so we worked... We While we were getting absolutely decimated in the middle, and it threatened to break the game open, certainly, and certainly in the first quarter and a half, was a real point of difference. And at points throughout the game... Right when we seem to have the domination, we get one of those goals and we get up by, you know, finally get ahead. Then, then they get another one of those those clean stop, those clean center clearances and get it into the forward line, and have a shot on goal. 
and it was just it was frustrating throughout the game. I think it was part of my frustration. You could just always see it coming, and there was there didn't seem to be a way to stop it apart from throwing different guys in there, give Finlayson a go, give Dixon a go, and just try to just try to battle and and turn the tide a little bit. But you you were never going to stem the tide completely. It was just trying to you know put a you know put a put a storm break out there or something like that just to just to just to dissipate it a little bit. But around the ground, around the stoppage, we were able to kind of kind of win the ball. So as long as we once we kind of stemmed the tide a little bit and we were able to get on top in those other areas, it was just the scent that was really the point of difference in the game. And and then obviously our, our wayward kicking a little bit down the other end didn't help either. But you could really see Essendon had one avenue to to guarantee a little bit of scoring, and it was just that they knew that they had the centre clearance uh, and this kind of the hit out battle won. Uh, probably before the game even kicked off, they, they probably just knew um, based on you know tape and and what they had versus what we had. Um, but you know, again, it was just winning the ball around the ground. And the contested possessions were plus seventeen on the day. Um, you know, one forty six to one twenty nine, which you know the contested ball was a big issue in that little losing streak we had, where things all felt like they were falling apart. Um, and again, it's just a sign of the turnaround that this team's had. You know what what is what's happened in that time. Whether it's again the Ken coaching from the bench thing um, has been you know a, a storyline in that time. Whether he's just able to get his message through. Whether it's a little bit of more inspiration on the bench. Who knows? But overall, uh, the tenacity and drive and willingness to compete for the ball has just been so much better. And it was um, you know really really evident in this game against the Bombers side that has turned that you know the Bombers were um, quite heavily criticised this time last year when things were really falling apart um, and their you know the you know Dylan Shill shirk kind of uh, motion from Parker and all that kind of stuff that was happening um, and they're just, they're, they're just the questioning of who the bomb what the Bombers identity was um, you know they've had those questions asked and they've been trying to answer them as well but we you know dominated and don- dominated them in the contested ball in an area that you know again we were questioned for our tenacity and fight and ability to compete um, and willingness to compete was a was a big storyline after that showdown so again um, in a side and this is the last couple of weeks have been tough games and uh, really apart from the west coast game every game we've played you know we've beaten sydney uh, Western Bulldogs, uh, St Kilda, and Essendon in that time, all teams floating around that competitive, and certainly teams that were in the top eight at the time we played them. I know Sydney have, have, have had a pretty bad run the last few weeks, but they've been playing some pretty good sides as well. Um, but you know we've we've had to be, com, com, you know, be combative and battle against. Sorry, just getting you know, just spit spit it the fuck out, David. Um, we've had to battle uh, against some quality sides, quality midfields. Uh, quality units and know how to tackle and know how to win their own bowl. Um, and again, we're really seeing, I think I mentioned Jason Horn Francis' incredible game against St. Kilda earlier. Um, what we're seeing the kind of the, the real benefits of his addition to this midfield, you know, he just, he just adds that, that dynamic, um, you know, especially at his age, he's going to get so much better and round out his game. But at the moment, his willingness to compete and battle and, and all these things that he's um, been criticized for from um, the, the North Nuffs, uh, you know, he's he's answering those questions about about how committed he is to the contest, and uh, you know he's he's still gonna he's still learning the game. Um, you can see parts of the game he floats in and out of, uh, and it's just sometimes when the game's going a bit differently and the, and you don't have the 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 um, experience to understand how to inject yourself back into the battle, depending on where the game's going, where the where the game's flowing, if it's going you know going through the middle about the around the outside. You know, if the contest is away from where you're, you know, just what your game is, 
finding ways to get back in there. And sometimes you don't need, you know, sometimes someone else has taken the reins. But, you know, this kid's 19 still. And he's, you know, he's just added that that extra dynamic dynamism to the midfield. You know, Zach Butters had again, I think, got the, I think he got the ten, the perfect ten in the coaches' votes. He's, Jesus Christ, did I have a heart attack when I saw him going off with that knee, looking like a knee injury? But he came back on, and I haven't heard anything that he's, he's. So he must have just been one of those jars. Which wasn't that like the, his first or second? I reckon it was his second year when he was running, running in on goal, and he just did a weird step and his knee went backwards and somehow he came back on. He's like got some Gavin Wang and even rubber man stuff about him. Um, but I hope he doesn't scare us too much this, more this year. Um, but you know, an incredible game from him again. And, you know, Connor Rosie, you know, he's just class personified at the moment. Um, just not missing a beat from last year. Uh, and, and really, really just having a, a great year again. Willem Drew again was an unsung hero on this game. He, uh, you know, he had 22 disposals. He, he just racks up 20 a game. Just it's just twenty a game he's going to have, uh, or more. You know he's just going to get these twenty disposals or more, and then in that in that time he's going to get he's going to get eight to ten. He got eight tackles in this game. I was about to say eight to ten tackles and just you know have one of those kind of games. Um, incredible game. You know he he he's all often the guy and they're winning the ball and getting it out. You know 10, 10 kicks, twelve handballs. Just his role is so unsung. Um, but I know Port fans are, are really singing his praises all year and. Again, I think I said it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. He's one of the first guys and names on the team sheet, and um, having just an incredible year. Uh, Dan Houston, uh, I think I was I was on uh, uh, Donny, Coach Donny's podcast last week. Donny's disposal um, does great work for the uh, spruiking the sport over here in the US, and he had uh, Houston in his team of the week, which I was really impressed with uh, for last week. So off the back of the St Kilda game. Um, and I said that how you know we we love him at Port, but you know he sometimes doesn't get um, his his flowers outside of that. But you know he had an incredible game with twenty five disposals, and I think he was top meters gained. I reckon he was top for the game, just having a quick squeeze through here. But yeah, six hundred thirty five meters gained. Uh, the next best was um, Butters with his six hundred fifteen, and no one else is really much touching five hundred. Um, you know Zach Merritt had five hundred meters gained. So you know just his his ability off the half back line. Um, you know, he's so much more than just a halfback. You know, he's he's really generating a lot of offense for us, as well as just being handy and ten, uh, with the real tenacity down on the defensive end. And the last one, well, actually, there's, there's so many you could mention for this, because this game was such a tough, gritty win um, that there's so many guys that did a lot without, you know, lighting up the highlights reel, just did a lot in the sense of, um, you know, having an impact. Uh, and Miles Bergman just is, you know, I know there's been a lot of people talking on Twitter this week that we really, you know, I think tagging, tagging Chris Davies and saying, get the deal done. <laughs> and, and I absolutely concur with those, those statements. Um, get the deal fucking done. Cause Miles Bergman is turning into another one of those guys, um, that just has his name on the team sheet instantly. If he's fit, he's on the team sheet because he's, he's at that point now he's found, he's found his game. You know, the last couple of years, you know, he had his moments, he got dropped, but he was pretty much in the, you know, he's been in the side more or less the last couple of years. Um, this year, he's actually got himself into the side and he knows his role. Kind of like I was talking about Connor Rosie a couple of years ago, just knowing your role is such a key part of actually finding your form. And, you know, Mark Bergman, he's, he's you know, he, you know, he's playing the wing, but he's, he's become that, he's kind of like a halfback winger, um, takes those, he really got some good hops, taking those intercept marks and was really key this um this last game against Essendon with his ability and willingness to jump into those packs and take those intercept marks and cut the lines of supply that Essendon were trying to trying to create and 
and just a just a real bowler, real gamer, and, and the kind of guys we need. And it's, you know, when we're talking about recruiting and list management and stuff like that, we never know what the you know the next step for these guys is going to be. And I think Bergman was one of those ones that coming into this year, we were like, okay, we know he's got the skills, he's got the talent, he's got the body, um, and he really filled out in the off season. What's he going to bring to the table this year? And he's and he's certainly brought brought something to the table. Um, probably the last one. I'm not, I can't keep I can't keep rolling down the team sheet and just giving giving flowers to every player um, as much as I'd love to. But um, Charlie Dixon, you know, he's he's come off with a little bit of a knee niggle um, and he's coming to the side and clearly clearly a little bit limited. But his ability to battle and just and just uh, just be a leader down that forward line, I I get so mad and I don't engage in it much. Like just the opposition fans on Twitter that just like to bag Dixon and call him useless and. It's just, just tell me you've never watched an AFL game, um, truly watched an AFL game without telling me you haven't watched an AFL game. Because what he does, he does, he brings so much to that forward line um, beyond the goals. But he's actually kicking goals this year. You know, he's, he kicked two two in this game, which in a game we kicked twelve twenty. You know, if you wanted to be cynical about Charlie Dixon's goal kicking at times, you'd say, well, he kicked five of those points, and surely, but no, he didn't. You know, he was reasonably accurate in a day that wasn't wasn't so accurate though. He could have. There was, I think, there was one that. One classic little slight shank, but you know he kicked a couple of goals in a day that was really becoming a struggle to kick goals, even though we had plenty of opportunities to do so. But it was more just his his you know his ability to take the defender and uh, and just and kind of create that chaos down there a little bit that he does just with his body. And you know as as I think I tweeted out on the weekend, there was one one play where I think it was like just it looked like it was half a field off the ball. It, 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 the ball was a, certainly a lot closer than it was. I was exaggerating a little bit. A little bit, but he's just getting manhandled, like arms just draping all over him, yanking, pulling, and the ball's nowhere near him. It's a clear free kick. It was Jerry McCameron or Tom Hawkins. They're giving him two free kicks somehow, but it's just because it's them. But he's not getting the. He doesn't get the calls. If he was in that Geelong side, the amount of more calls he would get is just insane. And I just and I, I'm not even no people anyone that listens to this that isn't a Port fan, which I don't know high I guess, but why. Um, you know, are going to say, oh, it's just your bias, your, you know, your tilt in the glasses, whatever you want to say. But you just can't, you can't keep watching the way he gets, gets handled at times and just think, and then see some of the calls that, you know, the Hawkins and co and certainly they're deserving of the calls at times. Um, but when you see it not get called for you, you start getting a bit cynical about it. And that's just where I'm at with it. But, you know, despite that, Dixon's battling and fighting really well and, and just as a key cog in that forward line and, and what he does, you know, he's pinch hitting in the ruck and all that. You know, he's, he's sacrificing a lot for the cause, which I absolutely and um, uh, just just un, unreservedly appreciate um, what he does for the side and what he has done for the last few um, since he's been here. But certainly since 2020 and that that year that um, you know he was an All Australian and, and and we we got back up the table after a couple of pretty rough years. Um, he has been just his best, best years have been his twilight years and and you know long mate I know it's not going to continue for long but long mate continue as long as it can because um, I really appreciate what he brings to the side and, and kind of just his personality in the side as well it seems he's a real real leader out there and um, and certainly he's going to um, you know someone that's going to be needed this week um, against the kangaroo side that has nothing to play for apart from um, really just you know the, the Horn Francis Cup I guess um so yeah, that's what else have I have I missed anything? I don't know. I've kind of just been rambling and and, and talking for the last half an hour because I don't have a lot of time to today. <laughs> but uh, so I was trying to keep it a bit shorter and just and keep freewheeling my way through. I don't think I've even taken a break, and we're almost half an hour in here. So 
apologies if it, none of it's actually made any fucking sense whatsoever. Um, but you know, I was really, I'm just overall, I'm really impressed with the the five week period we've had. Yes, I, I meant, you know, the cumulative total of wins isn't large. And yes, there was opportunities to have some bigger wins in that time. So it's nothing's perfect. There is a lot of lot of things to work on. Slow starts. Um, certainly, I don't know how we work on this at this point. Although I did see someone suggest, you know, fuck it, do we just bring Sam Hayes back because his tap work is probably what's needed? But then you know you sacrifice a bit around the ground. But at this point, you know, when you see the way the game went um, with the rucking situation against Essendon, we almost lost the game purely based on the, the you know, the just the Essendon having you know having their way with us in the middle there of of the centre bounce. So, you know, there there's there's a question to be answered there, and I don't think we're actually going to be ever really. Uh, we're not going to even be close to elite in that centre bounce department this year, unfortunately. Just the horses that are in the stable, it's just not it's just not going to happen for us. Um, so the, you know, there's something there to still like try to find the best mix there to work out how we can get through the year and 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 try to try to just satiate that need a little bit without obviously being able to um, be elite there. Uh, slow starts, again, and feel, fix up a little bit would be good. Um, and, you know, I've, I've lauded the defensive structure, uh, with, but it's it's a, we're light on in the defense as well. I feel, you know, Aaliyah is our most important player. Um, uh, one of, I, I should say. It's hard to dictate a most important player in in an AFL side, sometimes when you've, you know, you've got 20, well, essentially 23 on the team sheet these days, but 22, um, and you're starting, starting 18, obviously, um, you know, if we lost, you know, Butters is coming, becoming into that level at the moment with just his hit, hit the way he's playing, obviously Connor Rosie as well. Um, but considering what Aaliyah does for our defensive strike, just, you know, you can, you can just imagine if Aaliyah went down with an injury, knock on wood, um, I do have a bit of wood here that's um, holding up my microphone right now. So hopefully I didn't rattle through for your ears too much there. But with what ad, how light on we are in defense at the moment, with you know you know Jonas in and out of form, um, you know, Tom Cleary just isn't getting into the side at the moment, um, and I don't know what the issue is there exactly. Again, I'm not watching, um, haven't been able to catch the Sandful being over here in the US. But um, if anyone wants to tweet out, if they listen to this and either follows on Twitter or Instagram, send me up just if you and you've seen a bit of Cleary, just t- give me a heads up on how he's looking. Um, but it might just be a structure thing as well. And they just prefer the mix of, as I've said, it just seems Mackenzie and Aaliyah work. But it just feels like Aaliyah is just is the guy that, you know, under under the line of, you know, you, you always look at your midfielders first, your Butters and your Rosie and, and you know, Wines and whoever else. Um, but the underlying player that is most important that I think would actually have a significant impact on our fortunes is Aaliyah. And that's probably where my biggest worry is, just the, just the defense is just so... Is working nicely at the moment, but it's 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 a it feels like a house of cards kind of situation as well. So those will be the things to watch going forward. But look, you can only take take what you've you've you know you've been given so far. And obviously, we had a couple of rough weeks, but around that, it's six wins and five on the trot. Uh, we're six and two now, sitting just outside the top four, but just a game out of top spot. Just percentage, obviously, and that's the thing again with those wins that are, those close wins I was talking about, and even the West Coast one. Percentage is an important factor in your AFL season. Um, if you build yourself a healthy percentage, it can be worth essentially a win. You know, those two points to separate yourself from, you know, a, a logjam. You know, if you've got three three teams that are on the same amount of points from, you know, three through five um, at the end of the year, you know, a healthy percentage is going to, you know, get yourself top four versus finding yourself in an elimination final. So, you know, 
that's something to look at as well. Is just uh, you know, like I said, West Coast have had some pretty one-sided losses over the uh, over the past you know few weeks, and we were the team that gave them the most generous um, showing of not putting the foot in the pedal there. So some little things to work on, but ultimately you got to. If someone had come at the start of the year and said you're going to be six and two after eight rounds, I would have gone well. Hopefully one of them is a showdown win, but you know, and you know, is what it is. But uh, you know, ultimately I would have said, look, that's that's great, you know, and it means. And when you looked at the our first eight, you know, first eight games, you saw a lot of sides in there, um, pretty good footy sides uh, that had played finals last year. Um, you would have gone, well, look, we're going to have to beat some pretty good footy sides to get to that six and two. So you've got to take the take the good, um, give the players that credit. Um, you know, Ken after a tough couple of weeks. Um, again, I know some people listen, and anytime I give Ken any credit, they think I'm a Ken Stan and and don't have any criticisms to give. But you know, I do still have my you know criticisms there, and and that's built off of the last ten years as well. You know, just I don't know where if when the push comes to shove, he's the guy. But look, I got to give him his credit that um, he's turned this thing around uh, so far this year. Um, but it's got to continue th- throughout. You know, you don't get. You're not going to get any flowers uh, for just a six and two record, and then, and obviously, as Port fans know, we were eleven and four back in 2018 and sitting pretty in the top four, and then we missed finals altogether. So, you know, things can fall apart pretty quickly, and, and we've got to continue on. But as as we are now after two months, um, got to be pretty happy with that, and yeah, not much more to say than that. Um, I might I'll come back um, later in the week and probably do a quick, uh, whether it be one of those shorter 20 minute kind of style ones, and. And talk about the kangaroos match which while um on paper you know you look at the kangaroos and go that's kangaroos they're they're falling off pretty well um can uh, falling off the wagon pretty hard after the first couple of weeks gave them a little bit of hope uh but you know the with the the underlying storyline unfortunately of this jason Orn francis stuff it's going to have it's going to be a little bit of heat in the battle at least early so it's going to be an interesting one to talk about despite the fact that on paper we're uh, pretty heavily pretty heavy favored uh, book, bookies and paper and, and media and whatever we're pretty heavily favored so a little decent one to talk about later in the week but for now um, a good couple of months of footy and we're sitting pretty at six and two so gun the pair